You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm your host, Adi, joined by Lambro and, of course, Steve Godoru, part of the blog team at Gate 7 International. How are you boys doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. Ready to, to go and talk about this game and talk about some of the rumors. I've, I've got a list here of all the names ready to, to talk about every single one of them, so we'll see how it goes. Steven, you feel good after this friendly? Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to to watch Greece win. It's rather inconsistent over the last few years, but you know, Norway are no mugs. So yeah, I think overall I'm, I'm happy. You can't, you can't be unhappy too much with a win, uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, first, of course, some housekeeping. Uh, guys, I know we promised you the schedule for this episode. Uh, we're still nailing down a couple things. Uh, don't forget, we do have that panel, the Greek soccer, Libyakos world, Libyakos fans only so far for that panel. Um, once we square away this next segment as well, we'll know when that is. Boozing with the boys looks like it will be about two Sundays from now, uh, tentatively. Uh, so it looks like that's when it will be. Obviously, we'll give you guys updates with time. Sorry, we've been we've all been a little bit busy as the summer has begun. So I haven't. Uh, that's on me. I haven't nailed down the schedule as well as I should have yet. But we'll get that to you guys. I promise. As for a couple other things in housekeeping, I wanted to do a shout out to AHEPA. For those of you that don't know what AHEPA is, AHEPA is, it started in the United States uh, when Greeks were being persecuted in the South by the Ku Klux Klan. And it became this brotherhood of Greeks, Greek Americans at first, now it's Greeks across Europe, uh, that came together in their diaspora communities to defend Hellenism. If you are interested, in doing doing your part or doing something to contribute to defending Hellenism or doing something just to support Greece in general, I really think that you guys should go find if you have a local AHEPA uh, chapter near you and and join. One, just to hang out with a bunch of Greeks of all ages. And two, it's, it's nice to be able to do something and say that you contributed to the betterment of Greece and Greek individuals around the world. So check it out. If you're confused or you don't know where you can find stuff, you can always DM me if you want. Um, I myself am an AHEPA member here in Baltimore. So again, please DM me if you have any questions, if you're interested. Otherwise, you can go check out ahepa.org and uh, check out any of the other information. Um, besides that, of course, we have a, a message from our sponsors. Uh, thank you to uh, Preis International. Preis International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. You can fill any large U-Haul box, send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the Port of Piraeus for only $50. Better yet, fill any large wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send them an email to sales at piraeusintl.com. 
So before we get in any kind of analysis, Lambro, hit us with the transfer news. So shout out to Costa, who's going to be on in like literally a minute for compiling this massive list of names. Costa, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to pick out the ones I like, but this is literally every single name that has been linked to us this summer. So first, we have Renato Stefan from Wolfsburg, a winger. Don't know much about him, so I'm not going to get into that. Dimitris Pinakas, there's been movement on this actually in the last like few days, supposedly we're close to him. There is word that maybe the decision or finalization of the deal could happen in the next few days. Who knows about that? Kevin, George, and Kudu, who we've told you a lot about, the Besiktas winger, is actually, according to Nicolas Coppolos, one of the top targets for Pedro Martins. He really rates him and wants to get him into the team. And then there's this other name, which you guys may remember from... Monaco, and he was playing for Galatasaray, Henry Onkuru, Onyokuru. Um, his name is starting to heat up in the papers. It looks like maybe Galatasaray is not going to have the money to pay his buyout fee. So we're not sure about that, whether that one's going to go through, but it's a name we've heard before, so who knows. And then, of course, Endau, the winger from Turkey, according to sources in Turkey, real journalists, not like newspapers. Supposedly there was a bid, uh, negotiations are ongoing, we'll see about that. A name I didn't mention last episode that is going around now is Mehdi Banatia, the former Moroccan international, friends with Youssef Al-Arabi, now 35 years old, was spending his time overseas. Uh, yeah, don't know where that's going. Don't know if I love that. Uh, another name is Fofana from Le Harve. He's a central midfielder. We've gotten word from Martial is actually a decent player from their team. He's a key player for their team. We'll see about him. And this is a new one, actually. This was from Nikos Kostis. This was, I think, Friday night. We got a tweet that said, Ayigbi Kamara, a winger from Lille, supposedly uh, another Ghanaian winger, uh, is close to signing for the club. And we're just going to have to wait and see. But it looks like this one could be a closed deal. Supposedly it was done, according to Kostis, who's usually... I would say the best journalist right now for transfer rumors because he's pretty close to the club. Um, and then the Gazal rumors continue to come in, guys. This is the winger of Leicester, the left footer, who had a decent season for Besiktas, but is owned by Leicester, has a year left on his contract. We're not sure about what that is going for, forward from. And then we, we've heard this name, Lincoln, a Brazilian attacker from Santa Clara. Um, actually, Adonis Economides, who's on Twitter, who's actually a really nice source as well, uh, tweeted out that there's not much there. Uh, another one is Panos Oretzos, who we know quite well, of course, came from the academy, has been dealing with injury issues. And actually, uh, we have a comment here from Spiros, and he says, Fofana is for the second team. Okay, that's that's good to know. So, supposedly the team's going to build up this Olympiacos B. Uh, that's That's been going around as well. Chumich coming back. Drager may stay, I read, because... He may play for Olympiacos B. So Fofana could be someone who plays for Olympiacos B as well and works his delay until the lineup, like Spiros mentioned here. I'm not sure. Um, moving on, Buanga, the winger from Saint Etienne, the Gabonese international, is still linked. I hear his name around. Another name that's always around, Dimitri Silvas. He is looking like he's going to be on the move, but it's looking like a move to Spain, to be honest. And a name that came recently from Costis as well is Del Castillo from Rennes. 
his name has been kind of hot. He looks like a decent player. He's left-footed, right-sided winger, 24, 25 years old. He, he looks a decent player, actually, guys. Uh, he hasn't scored many goals. People are worried about that, but looks decent. And then the last few names are Clement Grenier. Uh, you guys may have heard this name before. He's was kind of touted. He's gotten older. He's an He's a 10. He was a 10 when he was younger, but now he's playing a little bit of 8, according to Olympiacos France. Our boy Martial. Maybe he'll give us some updates on the French market soon. Uh, and then we have a name also from France named Zinedine Ferhat. That name sounds sound familiar to you guys who read our website, read our blog. Martial actually highlighted this player. Not sure about the situation. And then there's this defender named Pedrao Costa. You mentioned him, I believe, uh, in the past few days. I don't know anything about him, but it seems like he's linked quite a bit. Anyway, up, and that's it. That is the full list, guys. You got the full roundup. You have just read every single Greek newspaper in the last two weeks off of me in English. So <laughs> thank you, Costa, for the list. And that's what we got, everyone. There's going to be... I would put money on a winger being signed within the next 10 days. I'm putting it out there. There's going to be a winger sign in the next 10 days. That would be lovely. And Costa, you have some news about some other things that have been updated from the club. Friendlies, I believe, correct? Yeah, that's right. So it's been it's been confirmed now in terms of our start dates for preseason and some first friendlies have been confirmed. So preseason starts on the 16th of, uh, of this month. And there'll be 10 days in Greece. So from the 16th to the 25th, uh, we'll have the first phase pre-season in Greece. And then the team will head out to Austria, where they will play five to six friendlies. The first friendly against the local team Wolfsburger on the 26th. So start marking your calendars. 26th of June is the first Olympiagos friendly for the 2021 season. The next day, so... Two friendlies, one day after the other. The 27th of June, Krasnodar. It's quite a big, quite a big test. And then a day uh, rest. And then on the 29th, Salzburg. 29th of June against Salzburg. 2nd of July, we play Ufa. That's a Russian team. And then on the 3rd, we play Kryova. I'm not sure is that a Polish team. I could be wrong. So those are the five friendlies that have been confirmed to date. Um, we will also know our opponent in the second round of the Champions League qualifiers in 10 days. We will know who we will be playing in the next 10 days. The list is quite... Uh, thin. I think it's about ten possible teams that we might play in the next uh, in the next round. Omonia is one of them. They're the only other team that has qualified directly to the second round of Champions League qualifiers. All the others will be either or. Omonia is the only one that is certain to be there. So they're a potential opponent there. Now, I think that's um, that's pretty much it, guys, in terms of the next steps for the team. When are we starting? Who are we playing? So lots to look forward to. Some tasty friendlies there. Uh, I'm looking at Krasnodar and Salzburg in particular. So looking forward to that. And 
it's it's been a while, so I, I did want to comment on some some other things as well. It looks like our transfer policy is kind of really starting to change, huh? Or what do I mean by that? If you remember when Marco Silva was was manager, he started his second season and he wanted his players in early. And the club always had this kind of approach where we would say, mm, we're going to make all our transfers in August. We made our first big transfer, was it 31st of May, Tiquinho came in. That's a change in approach. And uh, Labro, you said the next 10 days, we want to have our, our winger in. The objective is clear to have one of the two wingers that we want to sign this summer at preseason on the first day, 16th of June. We don't know who it's going to be, but I agree with Labro. I think that it's pretty damn sure one of those wingers will be at the first day of preseason. That is certainly the objective. And again, you look at how the club has really modernised and, and changed its approach, how seriously we're taking um, this uh, this summer. Uh, lots, lots and lots we can talk about, guys, when it comes to transfers. One, the last thing I'll say, we made a big transfer into Kino in a position where we don't even need a player. It's not like we finished last season. We were like, okay, guys, mm, I caveat that a little bit because I think I raised this actually in, in, in previous pods that we're going to need a striker in the summer because El Arabi's 34 going 35. He's going to play Copa Africa. It's not guaranteed that he's going to play the whole season. He's, is he going to keep fit after a season like this season? Is Hassan going to be the same Hassan he was this year? But I think to many, it was a big surprise that our first big signing was a striker. And I think that is really a sign of intent on where we're going this summer and what, you know, what kind of level and stature of players we're aiming to bring. I'll stop there. I, I want to comment on a few things actually as well. Uh, the Tiquinho signing was actually really interesting. I think exactly for that, it's there's so much future value looking. And I think it's a signing that opens you up to make a smart sale. Hassan has hit a brilliant peak. And I think he's at, what is he, 27, 28? He is yeah, right there. Now. for an, he, He's right there for like a 6 to 8 million euro bid. And that's the max we'll ever get for him. It would be brilliant to cash in on Hassan there. And bring Pinakas or someone else to be the third striker, if that makes sense. I think some smart business can be done with Hassan. I'm, of course, fine with Hassan staying uh, for for the season. My thoughts are known on him. The one thing I was wondering, I don't know if there's news on this, is there going to be a friendly in Greece? Is there going to be like one of those games with like Calithea or something in the center? I, I don't know. I wonder. And also, when are we going to get that list of like, Usually, what is it, 36 players going preseason? Is that right? And then they cut them by, by friendlies? That's how I remember it. But Normally, I, no, normally, I mean, everyone will go to... Everyone will start preseason ready. in Greece. Yeah, yeah, ready. He's called... Uh, Coach Martins has called four of the players on loan to be at training on the first day, on the 16th. They're Pepe, uh, Cumic, Markovic and Cisse. So Kutris hasn't been called back. 
Um, Yanis Masuras hasn't been called back. I don't so think all of, has either. Yeah, no. yeah, I think you're right. I don't. No, he's not. I mean, they're 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 talking about four players. These four that will start um, the preseason, and then normally I think you know one or two gets cut in every phase. So we'll see. There was something uh, th they were banging on about this on the radio the other day. On uh, I know it was on. Uh, show must go on. Um, Stavros Yuriakopoulos was saying that there's one position up for grabs between Vrusai, Radzelovic, and and Chumic. That those three will be fighting for one place on the roster. Let's see. Um, yeah, let's not start the oh Ari is Chumic good it's a deep dive. <laughs> Can I say real quick? I would prefer if two, if they got two, honestly, two competition of four. Pinakas gets here before June June sixteenth, and that's the competition. That's what I would want to see. Actually, make it three. Rangelovic is out the door. He's not coming back this season. That's it. Like actually, cut him like today. I was actually gonna wonder if you guys have done any of this reading. Andrutos Buhalakis Masuras. Are they gonna be with the team June sixteenth or ten days of vacation? These guys are gonna get. It? Are you kidding me? Like, seems a bit ridiculous to me. Uh, I would assume they get a little more time off. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they got more time off. But at the same time, you know what I mean? For the sake of cohesiveness, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, they do only get 10 days. It would, That sucks. It really does. But it is what it is, unfortunately. So that's something that they have to deal with. Uh, I hope they get more time to rest. But, again, it's not going to surprise me. I guess, and with that, Stephen, you got any thoughts about going into preseason? Thoughts, players you'd like to see back on loan, players you'd like to see make that first trip to Austria? It is. Uh, I mean, I would like. To, I I want to see what Cisse has got for us, and he had a fantastic second half of the season in Ligue 1, and I'm not ready for him to go just yet. I hope we keep him because I think he could be of some value to the team, especially if we lose. Um, a different centre back in Semedo or or Bar, who's I know Semedo is linked with was linked with Porto recently, if I recall. Like Porto were back in for him potentially for like eight to ten mil. Yeah, I was so, just going to mention that as well. I just thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I mean, I would have liked to see Gosti, but if Gosti's still out online, then it is what it is. But I think yeah, for me, Cisse is the big one I want to see, and we're going back to the three wingers that potentially could go for one role. I, I want to see Chum what Chumic can do, but I really want Verusai to nail that role down. I really want him to be in the squad for next season. I don't think he should be in the B team or out on loan or whatever. And Lazar, Lazar's, I mean, I hope he, I hope we don't see him in the squad next season. I could see him in the B squad, potentially. Oh, yeah. I think Guys. the B squad has Lazar's name all over it. Guys, stop hating on Lazar. <laughs> might surprise me next season. Keep awesome, low. guys. Keep, I, keep I hope it, he does. Keep it low. Keep it low. Keep it low. I, I want to mention this. Uh, on the show must go on, which is now like an everyday thing. It's a bit strange, like live stream. They were talking about like how intensely people will follow the B team. And I'm kind of hyped for the B team as well. Like I'm going to oh, follow too. the B team. Like those 100%. things going to be on YouTube or like Air 3 streaming. Like I'll be watching those. I don't like, I'm excited to see the young players mixed in with, like, Draeger and Lazars of the world, Chumich of the world. Like, 
to me, that's a, it's brilliant. Like, and kind of, there's more things to talk about, you know, like, oh, who should get called up? Thiago Silva's trash. This midfielder who's 19 playing for the B team's great. Let him play. Like, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm really excited. If only we kept Bruno, he could have played for the B team. I think we should resign. Bruno would have been a B team star. There must be a release clause. We can bring Bruno yeah. back. Bruno back, sorry. We can bring Bruno back can... as well. Bruno can play for the B team. Yeah. There oh, you Jesus. go. God, yeah. never, never. Oh, Catherine, we're going to get into this. Masuras is flying lately, and he'll always keep on running. Oh, my God, this kid is so underrated. I think that's a great segue. We're going to jump in. We're definitely going to jump into the national team, uh, the post-match for the game against Norway. But really quickly, uh, we I wanted to jump into uh, a bit of an analysis for the center backs, the center backs on the Greek national team, because we, uh, I at least got into a couple of debates uh, in social media. People were a little bit upset when I said I wasn't impressed by what I saw by Tseveras and Kyriakos Papadopoulos. Um, and I haven't been impressed for quite some time. And I've explained this to a couple of people, but it's I got I had enough interactions to the point where I think it warrants saying something because as soon as I explain why I'm not impressed, most people tend to be, oh, okay, I didn't notice that or I didn't notice this. So I have timestamps for you, everything. If you want to go back and check what I'm saying, but we're going to start with the purpose of the combo. Uh, for those of you that may not realize already, uh, because some people seem to think we have a man-marking system. We do not. There is no man-marking system for JVS with our defenders, especially the center backs. The way it works is Kiriakos Papadopoulos plays as a stopper while Tzavelas is playing as a sweeper. Kiriakos Papadopoulos is always the first guy to go get the ball. Always. Almost always, unless it's on, uh, depending on the run or a counter, sometimes it'll be Tzavelas. But usually, it's Kiriakos Papadopoulos. And it is reflected in the data. He has a higher volume of defensive duels, so he's going, closing players down way more often. He also is the guy that's usually blocking the shots. Way more block shots, way more clearances, interceptions, everything. So he is the guy that's usually the first one there. Zavellas is the individual. He is our quarterback back there. You see him gesticulating all the time. He is commanding everybody in the back line. He's directing them where to go, and he's supposed to be watching the runners. Now, under, now that you understand what the roles are there, and how it and how it's supposed to shape out. Here's where the problems are, and I'm going to use the Belgium game as the before we get into the game against Norway. I'm going to use the game against Belgium as like the our baseline, so you can understand what went wrong. So early on, Zavellas was getting bullied, absolutely bullied by Lukaku. Every run into the box, I mean. Lukaku's holding him here, moving him around here. And it's it's not Savelas' fault. Lukaku is a huge guy. I was expecting, and most reasonable people were expecting, that maybe Kiriakos Papadopoulos would be man-marking him. Kiriakos Papadopoulos is a way more physical guy, and he's a bigger guy as well. I think he was a little bit more up to the task. Unfortunately, that's not how it shook out, because Kiriakos Papadopoulos is not the best at man-marking either. His thing and his strength is always going to get the ball and closing them down. The issue with him is that he goes to the ground way too easily. The dude slides all over the place. And in fact, we, all, we, we probably bit the first goal. You could argue that his slide to exactly where uh, uh, the ball was not going from Carrasco 
is, you know, if he had stayed on his feet, he blocks that cross in and Thorgan Hazard doesn't get the goal. You could easily say that, but I digress. Um, a clear, one of the clearest signs of Zavella struggling in the fifth minute is you can see when Zavellas is getting literally pulled around by Lukaku. I mean, you just, he's just getting pulled. And that's partly why I think Zavellas got into, got into it with Lukaku because he was probably just getting frustrated and annoyed. And then that's when temper started to flare. Uh, in the 10th minute, Zavellas passes off the coverage of Lukaku to Tsimikas. But then the problem was, so there, there's, a, there's an attack coming down that flank. Now, Zavellas really quickly passes off Lukaku to Tsimikas, but then in doing so, it exposes the, that, that left flank, our left flank, because Tsimikas comes in, he's coming in to cover Lukaku. Now, fortunately, nothing was really happening Thorgan Hazard at that point on that attack was already closed down, but there was no reason for Tzavelas to double him and, and then leave that whole other flank. If Thorgan Hazard picked his head up and played the ball, that's a goal right there. Wide open territory. And I think Tzavelas was getting frustrated and starting to pass that off more and more as he was getting more and more frustrated. In the 13th minute, when Doku beats Yanulis and then plays the ball down to uh, Preit for to play the ball in. Zavellas is running to close down uh, a player, leaving Lukaku open. And you see him you see him put his hand back to signal to, to Kiriakos Papadopoulos to come mark uh, Lukaku. Problem is, he doesn't give him a lot of heads up. He goes into open space to try and like block a cross, which is already, you're kind of pulling at straws if that's going to work in the first place. And Kiriakos Papadopoulos completely mismarks Lukaku but because he doesn't really have enough time to pick him up. And if not for Lukaku trying to be a little too fancy, he misses what could have been a clear goal for them. So uh, ju that's just another thing, another issue. The 20th minute goal, uh, Bacasetas is pinched too close to Galanopoulos in the midfield, which starts the counter when the ball is played over to Thorgan Hazard and he runs down. So he's running down. Uh, uh, that's where Adrutas makes a, 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 I would say a bad judgment call, but he makes a judgment call to leave his man to challenge the ball. Leaves Carrasco open. The ball gets played to Carrasco. Kiriakou Papadopoulos isn't tracking the runner. He's staying in his position. Ball gets played into Thorgan Hazard, and they score the goal there. But Savelas is, is, is at that point trying to stay on Lukaku, and he's not even near him. So... You have all, and this is all in the first half, guys. I haven't even gotten into the second half. So you have all these instances where all of these dangerous things are happening. And the, the game plan here is Zavellas picks up the man or is supposed to be watching the runners while Kiriakos Papadopoulos is, is going to get these balls. But in so many of these cases, Zavellas is making the wrong judgment calls and inviting pressure onto us. Now, all, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it was 1-1 against Belgium. They're number one in the world. It's just a friendly. Yes, the scoreline doesn't mean anything to me. I care about how we play. Because if Lukaku's playing at 100% and he's playing at game speed, we eat three goals easy in the first half alone. And a lot of it is because these issues. And these issues that happen in these friendlies replicate in the real games. We wonder why, oh, my God, how do we just cop this crappy 
uh, goal to Georgia? Or how do we cop this to Kosovo? Because of shit like this. It's because of shit like that. So th this is the stuff. It's why I say I'm not impressed because I expect my tandem to be a little bit more solid in that. And furthermore, we've had center back tandems that have been way better about that. I have never felt so uncertain when the ball is played into our penalty area than I have under the JVS regime. So this is what I'm talking about when I say I'm not impressed by this combo. You can believe that they're the best we have. It's wrong. It's the best we have after JVS excluded the best, maybe. But in a normal world, Savelas is fifth choice as a center back. That's, that's the truth, guys. He's fifth choice in a normal world. We shouldn't be used to mediocrity. We should not. End rant. I don't, um, you, you said it for me, Ari, at the end there. Um, is he, is he picking the best in that position? Um, slight side note from me. Ever since I saw that Siovas interview with Padelis Diamandopoulos, and he, you know, told his side of the story with everything that happened. So he, according to him, I just, I can't take the national team seriously. And it's really sad for me, like as a person who's followed the national team around the world, but I just can't take this national team seriously. Um, is Zagorak is just letting Van Skip, you know, try these friendlies out and, you know, see how things go. Are people happy with what they've seen? I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and say, I didn't watch the Belgium game and I didn't watch the game today, but, I'm sorry, guys. If you, listeners, whoever you are, if you're happy with Kyriakos Papadopoulos and Zavelas as your centre-back pairing for our national team, yeah, it's easy as that, man. It's as easy as that. And let me just add on to what Adi's saying. Um, Kiriakos Papadopoulos doesn't have legs, like, anymore. He can't run. The guy can't run. He's so goddamn slow, but he still thinks he's a 22-year-old wonder kid who left Greece at a young age. He plays too high up. Adi, remember I sent that text? I, I don't know if you even acknowledge it, but he, like, came out and just got turned, like, a, <laughs> like a turnstile so easily. He threw a leg out and just, and he expects, like, oh, I, I can make it back. But then he's on the turn, and it takes him like two years to turn. The guy is not, is not what he used to be, and I think a lot of people have glorified what they saw. At, what, what was it now? Euro twenty twelve. Like, it's it. He 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 can be your fourth choice center back, like you said, or fifth choice. And, and the same thing with Savelas. Like they're decent guys. They've been around the national team, but like. When the going gets tough, I don't trust them, and they can screw things up really easily. And I'm kind of on the same boat with Costa as well about the uh, about the the whole situation with the national team. The interview was so bad. I wrote I wrote the, here we go. I'm gonna plug it. I wrote an article about the interview, and it was just it, it's it's shocking. And 
I, I see a lot of people are excited about this, like things are going to turn around, but come September, this national team, because of what they did in March, is going to have to beat both Sweden and, what is it, Kosovo. Kosovo away, Sweden at home. Does anyone have any confidence that they're going to do that for sure? Well, so there are if some they positive lose, signs. If they lose there are at Kosovo, signs. if they lose or draw at Kosovo, is John Van Schip losing his job? I'm just going to lay it out there. Like, probably, maybe. Oh, if, if he doesn't get results in both games, then his job is up in the air. But so, uh, like, there, say, co- yeah. Yeah, well, there are a couple of comments here from uh, Nick Galathakis. I'm okay with Kiriakos Papadopoulos, but not Zavellas. Uh, I, I'm going to echo similar agreements. Then you have uh, Andreos uh, Eladara. Uh, no shame over Zavellas. Been a leader and played great. Um, I think he did well today, but this is when I want to shift over to Steven because so today was interesting because it's the first time we've seen Van Ship build on an experiment because in the second half against Belgium, we went to a back three instead of doing the four, two, three, one, we adjusted. We went to a three, five, two. Uh, it was still a little ugly, but whatever it, 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 it did work a little bit better. And then he started with that today, but Mavropanos was back there. And I thought Mavropanos, what scared me in the Belgium game, because I thought there was a disconnect between Savelas and Kiriakos Papadopoulos, I thought Mavropanos picked that up quite well today, sealing some of those holes, at least in the, in the penalty area. Now, Steven, now that we're going into, that, into the Greek, Greece-Norway game, I want your thoughts on that. Did you see a difference with Mavropanos in the field and assisting the defense? I mean, first half in general was fairly comfortable for us with the three-five-two. I was surprised at what I saw. You know, I mean, having Mavrobanos in there was just it. We didn't really. We when we went into half time, they had the same amount of shots than us, both off and on target. But I didn't even. I I I could honestly say I didn't even see anything that significant from Norway during that the first half, and that's probably because of the solidity of the bat of the three-five-two. Um, and we just looked so dynamic as well. Like in general, like our moves were really nice for the fir- from the first half. And yeah, I, I, I was pleased with Mavrobanos there. I hope he gets played more consistently, if I'm honest, whether we stick with the 3-5-2 or whatever John Van Ship decides or doesn't decide to use um, in the oncoming competitive fixtures. But yeah, I, I, I want him to play more often <laughs> because we looked so solid in the first half with him there. And he barely made a foot, he barely put a foot wrong in. In the, in the game, in fact, there was like there was one instance where, like, very end of the game, where Harlan was one on one because he just kind of lazily tried to kick the ball out and he missed, and Blackordimos had to come out and save. But other than that, I was I was really happy with how he did today. Yeah, the first half especially, I was very happy with the first half. Some of the comments that I read were along the following lines: like, we looked more free flowing. Stephen was saying. And that was down to the fact that we only had one DM in the middle mm-hmm. and we played Madalos and Belkas. Did they they played as a pairing today in the midfield? Belkas, Belkas was, was actually front. playing up front with Masuras as strikers. Uh, and it was Madalos and who in the middle? Galanopoulos and Pujalakis. So Galanopoulos and, and Madalos were tracking forward and Pujalakis was holding. Uh, Galanopoulos was playing more free-flowing, almost box-to-box-esque, box to box. 
Yeah. And so he was, I mean, he was up and down. And I mean, the midfield looks different when Galanopoulos is there. When he's I mean, fit. And it, when he's exactly. Fit. When, he's, when fit. he's fit. Yeah. When he's fit and when he's healthy. I mean, we don't have another player like him. Yeah, Maybe Alexandropoulos when he grows up. But but that that's it. And here's the thing. It was yeah. telling when that triple when the triple change happened, right? We bring on Pavlidis, we bring on uh Zeka, and we bring on um Bacasetas. So you bring on that three change. All of a sudden, the formation that was so promising in the first half, and okay, you know what? We were up two goals. They took a step off the gas in the beginning of the second half. All of a sudden, it just went to shit. And it, we cop a goal. I mean, it's, there, it's not a coincidence. Now, the funny thing is, um, uh, Al Key, one of the guys from yeah. the Big Three pod that I was talking about, we were joking about this. We're like, you know, did, did, he, did JVS learn? Is he going to learn from this game? Well, if the second half is an indication, no, because he literally saw something. He's like, oh, let me make sure that my butt buddies can play here. Let me make sure Bacasetas and Pavlidis can do this. But how can you, Steven, leave, out, how can you leave out your captain? Well, I, I, that's it. It's the captain tax, as it were. Now, He's Steven, a game changer for better or for worse, you know, Bacasetas. He comes on, <laughs> he influences the game, you know? Norway had 12 <laughs> men on the pitch. And, oh, and I do want to give a shout out to Nick Galathakis as well because he joked before the game when, when there was no striker in the lineup. He was like Belkas masterclass, and his I'm happy. Brilliant. His assist it was gorgeous. Pass. Now, isn't it funny, right? So here's just another person that is a ten, uh, more of a natural ten than Bacasetas is. Another, a third 10 available to the Greek national team. That's better than Bacasetas, and he takes risks. Look, just gorgeous. And he was taking risks all over the field today. You know what? They don't have to work, okay? They don't have to necessarily pan out, but you're, his energy, that is contagious. I've brought this up on multiple episodes. You have guys that have that type of energy, and I say this as a guy that makes fun of Belkas. I've made fun of him a lot in the past. You know, but he had a great game today, even against Belgium. He didn't do a lot of things right, maybe against Belgium, but his energy, when you see a guy and you're on the field and you see somebody going at players, going by players like that, it is contagious. It it picks you up. It galvanizes you. It is an underrated thing. Now, he came off because he started to, you know, get winded because of all the running he was doing, but that's what you want from the guy that's running your offense. What did Bacasetas do when he came on the field today? I have I have my notes here, so I can tell you guys exactly every touch he had. First, he almost kicks uh, what's-his-face in the face. I forgot the Norwegian guy's player. Almost kicks him in the face. Two back passes. Gives the ball away in our third, right after that. That's in the first five minutes. Stellar from the captain. And you know what? I know people are going to be upset with me. Oh, you shouldn't be getting on our players' asses. No. This is he's not national team material. He's not. He's not the Greek national team material. You know what? If he wants to play further back, okay, but he's not national team material to put the offense through. That's it. He can't carry this team. And JVS is still living after those qualifiers when we had those two good games against Italy and I forgot who the second one was against. I think it was Finland. Finland. Yeah. I think it, I think you're right. Limio Bacasetas. Until something else happens, put them away. Put them away. That's it. There, now, again, I don't want to say I don't want people to think I'm just a Debbie Downer here because I saw positives. There were a lot yeah. of positives I did see. Um, people got upset when I when I 
called out JVS for saying the Limnyotsimikas thing worked. It didn't work, but it was a nice experiment. There were positive moves that came from it. But when your experiment on the left side results in a zero XG, aka a zero goal threat, nothing came of it offensively. It didn't necessarily work, but I think it's something we developed because I liked what I saw, the movement that came from there. I think Yanulis has value up there. I think he has value in a position that JVS has not been able to create width on that left side. So there's a lot of positives to, to take away from this. But let, this is the truth. In the fall, if we don't get results from both games, his ass is on the line. And to this point, I have no reason to be confident that we will. It's not that I don't want to. I'm just not confident. I'm still not. And that's, that is the truth. Uh, now, Steven, to, to your, on, to, in terms of the game, do you think JVS is going to learn anything from these friendlies? What you saw today and what you saw against Belgium? That's the thing, Ari. It's, whenever I see us win a friendly, it's, it feels bittersweet because I'm just, I don't know how much or if any of the positives that came from the particular friendly, especially, well, this game in particular, we won, obviously. Um, I can't see them getting a lot from this game and I feel like we'll just revert back to what we've been doing in the actual qualifiers which is the complete opposite from what we've seen uh, in, in, the, in the friendlies where we've actually performed well and we've tried different things and some things don't work but a lot of things work and it makes us actually look reasonably exciting to watch at times um, I hope he takes on some of this stuff I, I was going to say Masura says a number nine is interesting if he plays with a, a somebody who can pass the ball to him like Belkas or just another another forward Potentially, maybe that could unleash Bavlidis a bit more. Who knows? I don't know. But will we play a 3-5-2 in those games? Don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Most likely not. Probably 4-2-3-1 with Bacasetas in every position by himself. Just send him up. No, I think we should just send Bacasetas out by himself, you know. Just send him so, out being goal. Can I make a real quick comment about Belkas? And people are not going to like this. And I've seen this a lot on Twitter of people getting really mad about Greek players maybe going off to some of these big Turkish teams. And Belkas, for example, too, who went off to Fenerbahce. Like, these teams in, in Istanbul are massive clubs. The amount of fans in these clubs, the amount of pressure is bigger than Pauk. Not, not as big as us, probably, to be honest. And the championship is better. Like, we have to admit that. And he had a good championship. Going to Turkey, going to Fenerbahce, where the pressure is massive, I know some people are not going to like that because it's Turkey, blah, blah, blah. But he went and he produced a very good season. And he chose. He looks much better than he was at Pauk. He was sitting at Pauk and there was nothing. There was no pressure anymore. It was just natural. And he's produced a good season. He runs, he's quick, he presses. Like, come on now, if, if we're going to see anything, like, I want to see this guy play. And I want to hit this again. A Greek player going to Fernabache, Besiktas, or, or Galatasaray is not a step back, in my opinion. That's a huge step forward. These are big clubs, and people can shit-talk them all they want because they're Turkish. Unless it's, it's, it's a big step. Unless you're Fortunis, you don't go. But if you're Limnios or you're someone like this, Tavelas. See, the problem is Bacasetas doesn't play for a big Turkish club. And I want to hit that really hard. He plays for one of the provincial ones. But in the capital, 
not the capital, but the biggest city, the big, those clubs are massive. And anyone who's been to the city knows that. Anyway, I just want to hit that hard because I see so much bullshit on Twitter, like nationalism, BS. Anyway, not going to get into that. But. I think the issue is the pre- I think the issue is the pressure, and you, I think you may have mentioned this. Belkasat Pauk was one of the players that the, the Pauk fans would get on his back, but they expect him to perform. They expect him to put in big performances every weekend, week in, week out, domestically in Europe, etc., etc., etc. He's a player that they had for many seasons, I think went through their academy. He spent some time in Portugal on loan before coming back to Greece. Um, He's free in Turkey now. He's free of that crazy pressure that Greek fans put on the domestic players. And let's not shit ourselves. It's not just about Balg fans. We do it too. The amount of shit that we give our Greek players on occasion, Bukhalakis, uh, Masuras, let's let's be real. It's the same with Pelkas. And then they go over there and nobody's bugging them, like whether it's you know on the pitch or off the pitch. They're just there. They're professional. They play football. And they're free. And I think uh, I think Pelkas has benefited massively. And you, sh- you see the results on the pitch. Can I say something real quick too? Like, people need to have a day off. This guy's competing with Mesut Ozil, who's won a World Cup every day for a job at the 10 in Fenerbahce. Like, he's not playing with Kremenchik or some of these other people. Like, these are really high-end players in Fenerbahce. Again, you can make fun of them, make fun of the Turkish League, which isn't doing so good right now. But these are... These are big clubs, and I don't know if you guys have seen the stadiums. The stadiums are packed, usually. He didn't play in one of these big stadiums yet, but the pressure is really big, and that's why I don't know if you guys saw this, but he's linked with Lyon in France. He's 27 years old. He he could take another big step, and it was the right career move. People were making fun of him for going there. Come on. like These are big clubs, and anyone who knows Turkish people or has Turkish friends knows that. I'm just putting it out there. I think Martial put it um, in a good way or in the best way, I think, in our group chat when we were discussing this. Because uh, me personally, I don't write the Turkish league. But the average Turkish club, if we're comparing, you know, I, I think our top clubs, especially given recent history in Champions League and European play, are better than the Turkish teams. We've beaten all of them. If Istanbul Basak Sahir has won the league two years in a row and both us and Balk did a number on them. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. They nearly got you know relegated I mean? this year. They almost got relegated, man. Well, they they yeah, ran out of but like, yeah. dude, Huge you look at the off. players on Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Besiktas. Yeah. I know Pauk beat them earlier, but like, they're so clear. They're no, they so have, clear they have a lot of talent. And the point I'm getting at is, once you get that drop off, maybe from the top, like the bottom and the midfield clubs will clean house from the rest of the Greek clubs. You know what I mean? And there also there's more money. The we had that one graphic that was comparing the revenues and the average budgets from league to league. And the Turkish league, the average budget is like 40 million euros. We don't even have a budget of 40 million euros. Kevin Miralas. It's like Kevin Miralas is playing for like a relegation team. That's like Kevin Miralas playing for La Mia. Like Kevin Miralas is playing for basically a relegation damn near. Exactly. So in that respect, there's more money. And I mean, also it's a bigger country. So that is part of it. 
But, I mean, in some cases, it's a good move, depending on the type of player it is. Belkas is making it work, and he deserves a move. If it's true that he he's getting offers from French teams, he deserves it. He's playing well. Uh, but, uh, you know, Mitzalas has a wonderful comment here. No club in Turkey is near Olympiakos an organization, result, strategic work, or sports management. Get I agree. I agree 100%. Preach. I, I also agree. And sometimes, Zari, it's not about how much money you have. It's what you do with that money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is 100%. 100%. But coming back to the national team, I wanted to talk about a player, (laughs) George, comment here. I just want to pop in and say I've taken a job as JVS's right hand. Uh, I don't know what he does with that right hand, so that may or may not. uh, uh, He um, he waves over Bacasetas to be subbed on. (laughs) He might do something else with Pacasetas on that hand. Anyway, uh, Adruzos, guys. Adruzos is the clear number one as the right back. Oh, God. He's excellent today. <laughs> some, of the, some of these comments we get. This is my cousin. <laughs> this is my cousin, Leonidas. Yasure Leon. Belkas que Pacasetas, Mirodiades, Mitusisitata, I love it. But Adruzos, guys, Adruzos has done quite well. Uh, we posted the stats for Adruzos against Belgium. Very good. And even, even today, again, Adruzos does so well getting forward, has a goal to his name as well. I mean, I if if JVS hasn't found his new right back here, I I, I don't know what to say. Bakakis will start in the real games, guys. In the real games, we've got to go with Bakakis. No question. Wasn't it also Timikas that supplied the assist as well? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah, I, I actually saw Timikas that clip. Well as well. He was excellent again. It was nice to see both of them play on either on either flank. And we looked dangerous whenever they were bombing down either side of the pitch. I was that that was excited. That was the real excitement for me. That was the most yeah. exciting part of the team. And, and Belkas yeah. involved in both goals. He played the through ball. For the Masuras goal, and then the the on the Adruzos goal, he's the one that played the crossover. And you could say that the that Norwegian defender had a horrible attempt to to clear it, but you know what? He played it, and then Simikas played it back across. So uh, Belkas was uh, on the edge of both of those, and plus there were I think a couple of other chances. I remember. I don't have the timestamps. I can give them to you later uh, when I get the the data populated. That. Uh, other opportunities that he created. B- Belkas, uh, again, another shout out to him. Great game. But Adruzos, I think, is has clearly, clearly made the case for himself for this national team. Yeah, I agree completely. But a point I want to make is actually, I'll just read this comment real quick. I swear if I see Bakak set right back again, I'll personally fly to Athens and headbutt JVS out of the job. Well, you saw him in the 93rd. I'll join you. He, he, he was played. A note I want to make is Masuras is in amazing form. And I wonder if clubs are coming. You know, he's in amazing form, statistically, analytic, data-driven. He is one of the best players in the Super League. He creates the most assist chances. He creates some of the most XG in the whole league as a winger. And I know he's been a – people have been making fun of him, made jokes of him, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, people have been calling for Tzolis, whatever. Tzolis hasn't scored a goal since February 20th, I want to say the date was, and it was against La Mia. And then before that, it was against Larissa. And then since Christmas, it's been damn near nothing. So um, people need to respect Masuras. The work he did today with Pelkas was very good. The goal he scored was very tidy. Another another great go of it. And it seems like is this finally it where he's he's found it. And this isn't just form, but this is like, as they say, class. You know, he's entering class. It's not just form. And I, I just want to give him a big shout out because he has played how many goddamn games this season? And it is June 6th. And he is still running out there for a friendly for John Banship. Just I think not often. that's what I want to see, Lambro. I've, I've been saying ever since Masura cemented his place as a first team player, he always had those kind of purple patches of like a month or two where he was excellent. Then he'd do the exact same thing, just completely out of form. And that, that was the biggest problem with Masura. You could never make that level up of consistency. And if he can do that, I think end of next season and prove that in Europe he can perform in that sense as well, I think he will leave at the end of next season, potentially. There are a lot of players on our roster that that are being looked at. I mean, I'm trying to think now, our starting 11, who are the players that, you know, potentially clubs aren't really looking at? Socrates, because his age and he has a long-term contract. He's got two... Maybe Mvia, because of his age, potentially. But even yeah. Mvia, you could argue, he could... He you you definitely... The Middle East, could, he could get a gear. For sure. Yeah, he could get exactly. a huge contract. He could get a huge contract from one of those leagues. El Arabi, because of age, again. Maybe back to Middle else. Like He could go to Qatar or Saudi Arabia, pick up like massive... I mean, there was there was interest. There yeah. was interest just before he signed his um, his renewal. So I mean, you look everywhere, all over the park in the Olympiacos team, and there are players that can go. And that scares me a little bit ahead of uh, ahead of qualifiers. Yeah, uh, people are that, gonna make that... fun of this as well, Costa. But Andreas Buhalaki, supposedly, I don't know if you saw this, has made in his contract extension a deal with. Marinakis said if an offer comes from a top five league, Marinakis, so Siovas made the same deal with Marinakis where he said if a top five league comes, this is my last chance to do it. Would you let me go? And supposedly in green with the extension, he said if I get a good offer, six million euros or above, we'll let you walk. So Buhalakis is not untouchable now too because I think he's seen the, the time, his age, and he's thinking I can make one last move and so i i also think he's not untouchable as much as people may think that's funny or think oh who would want Buhalakis? Buhalakis name he would be a fine player in italy or germany in my opinion and i think he could make that move if teams come knocking well we guess... got a comment in here from mitzaras about solis real quick and before we move completely on from i just wanted to address it uh solis is 18 had an awesome season many things happened to him and it went so fat and it went fast, so logic. Uh, Solis is young, and I don't. Th I think we put way too much pressure on him. To be honest, there's so many Greeks putting entirely too much pressure on him at this age. I I understand. I think it's normal to see him. You know, he had a great period of time. He's been off, probably confidence. I I see confidence issues, especially from today. I think the kid has talent. 
Um, but I also, we have this tendency to like overhype our talent. Um, to be fair, in, in the grand scheme of things, we're not, we're, our talent isn't focused on enough. Like you have these shitty English talents that get more coverage than anybody else that don't have half the skills. So So I'll start off with that. But at the same time, we as Greeks tend to overhype our talent as well. Now, Tzolis, credit to him, uh, did do a lot this season. He did. He, he did a lot. He scored a lot. But I want to run through the goals real quick so you have an idea of where the production came from, just to give a little bit of context. So the goals. Uh, Lamia in February. Lamia again in the Greek Cup. He scored two against them. He scored against Panatolikos in box 5 nothing win in January 31st. He scored three goals against Larissa. Uh, a goal against Balk in January as well. A uh, goal against Asteras. Uh, one against Omonia in uh, Europa League. Another goal against Lamia. One against PSV in the fall, Europa League. One against Cyprus for Greece uh, in the friendly. He scored a goal against PSV again back in November. And then he scored against Larissa, and then he scored two against Besiktas in Champions League. The lion's share of that production, the lion's share of those goals are against relegation teams. So the reason I don't believe, at least this year, and he probably needs another year at Balk to show a little bit more consistent form, he's got to do more against top competition. Not just against the Lamias and Larisas of the world or the Offis of the world. Offi, who was terrible this year as well. So he is a I he is a good player. He is a talent. We can't put too much pressure on these young guys right now. Great talent. Overall, positive season. But let give the kid some time to develop. Um, Steven, sorry, I know you you had a thought before I jumped in with that comment. Oh, I was just gonna say a player that probably won't get a talent for a movie is uh, one of them being Holebas, <laughs> he's not going anywhere. He's staying. He's staying on the on the beaches in in Greece, and he'll be there until he retires, more or less. I think. Oh yeah, Holebas will be here till his legs fall off. Yeah, and like Kosta, I don't know if, if you have a point on Solis real quick, but like the biggest point I'm trying to make is Yoros Masuras is a 27 year old man has played in the champions league has played against the biggest teams has played in the Europa league has scored in these games. Solis is playing his first season in the first division in Greece. That's it. The statistics all show he's had a great season, but to compare him to Yoros Masuras is not fair because Yoros Masuras has more experience and has done it over, over a longer period. So I just want to reiterate that like for Greece, Solis can become something great, but we we need to be patient here. People are saying we need to play Solis, we need to play play him constantly, and I'd love to see him. But what did he do today? Anything? He poorly marked someone to give away their goal. Maybe he shouldn't have been marking that person. Twice. He had a few twice. He had, it he had it a, happened twice. Yeah. He had a few balls on the counter, and he just did nothing and backpassed it. Like... He had a few sloppy giveaways. He was really poor today. And in my opinion, Pablo Garcia hasn't played him in almost two months as well for a reason. He didn't play in the cup final either. There's a reason he hasn't been playing and he's not in great form. And that's completely normal. He's 18 years old. But people need to pump the brakes. He's not a 25 million Manchester United future player as we were reading um, for months now. It's just 
it needs to slow down and to care to, to say he's better than Masuras to me is a stretch and Masuras has proven it over time and he's always he's he's always been there you know even even when he's not scoring the goals he's the biggest thing about Masuras for me is what pisses us off is he misses the chances but he makes chances and I just want to reiterate that I don't know if you guys agree with this but like people for the Greek national team don't even make chances there's no chances so so if you get someone to make chances even if they miss it and you get pissed off at them the other player wouldn't even make that chance so it's just like it's 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 a double-edged sword and he's getting better and better um I I, I think I want him at Olympiacos for for time coming even if he frustrates me sometimes but that's it you're absolutely right. And I think most people would agree that for Zolis, like if we're compla- if we're comparing the player potential, right? The ceiling with Zolis is definitely higher. I mean, this kid can take people on. He does have some speed to him. The ceiling is up there. But right now, you're right. We have to pump the brakes. Masuras, I've said this for a while, uh, especially in, in certain contexts. Themis Gesaris, who definitely when it comes to statistics and stuff, knows more than I do, at the very least, has said the same thing. Masuda statistically is the best midfield player. I'm going to include central mid and outside, you know, outside midfield wing positions. He's the best. You know, the only person that you can argue contextually that will has done more than him in like the last two seasons combined is Costas Fortunis. And that's because his production mirrors that but with like 600 less minutes played or 700 less minutes, whatever it turned out to be. So that says something. That really does. I mean, there's one person you can compare to Fortunis, and it's Masuras. That's it. it it's, crazy to, it's crazy to me. You know what I mean? Now, we do, everybody kind of makes fun of Masuras here and there because, again, the, the thing has always been his end product. The end product was always lacking. He gets into those positions, which he does through effort, he runs a lot more than most other players that we have, especially on the ethnic He tracks back. But the thing, he just couldn't, he didn't have that killer instinct, killer edge, whatever you want to call it, to, to make the stuff count. But now it's starting to come. Even in games where maybe he's not playing so well, he's still at the baseline offering that. And that makes him a very valuable player. Role player, what have you. So he is the most important offensive player currently for the ethnic right now that's as it stands there is nobody else I, I mean we we would all probably make the argument for Tunis as well but on paper statistically analytically and it should be subjectively as well Masuras is the best there's there's no argument there's none sorry he's done more in two days than what most wingers have for the last two years with the ethnic that's it I said many times this year that Masuras is a great role player to have in your squad. For me, I think his performances and his numbers this year, they they surpass that. If you if you take it from kind of a football manager point of view, when you know you're 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 discussing a new contract and the player's role, it's like you know um, squad player, important player, key player. It's like you'd consider him squad player when we were discussing this earlier in the season. But honestly, like he's an integral part of the team, and he's improved massively. Like him and Bukalakis, 
And you've got to give credit to Pedro Martins here, actually. You've got to give credit to the uh, to the coach because he played them. If, the, if players don't play, they can't improve. If players don't play consistently, you can't judge them. And the coach, the coach gave them the opportunity, and you see the improvement. How many times do we see that Masuda's diagonal run? The diagonal run into the box for the, the goal today. He cuts in, reads the through ball, little dink, whatever it was, left foot, right foot, header, everything. He does it all. He's he's developed that. And you that's something you work in training. This guy, he started his career as a third division. Third division is where he started. It's, it's almost like a Jamie Vardy story. This kid started from nothing, like studying for you know uni or whatever and playing third division football because he loves football. Ended up at Panionios and then he got nabbed by us. It's a wonderful story and everything that Masuras has done is down to hard work. Doesn't have as much talent, like the raw talent that Zolis has. But he's worked his ass off to get where he is now. And honestly, this whole conversation, I don't know who who, who, who started it in terms of ah, Zolis is better than Masuras. No. Uh, no. Just... <laughs> just no. It's yeah, no, it, it doesn't need to be had, and I, I agree completely with that. And I want to hit on this. Um, we're hearing a lot of names for winger, but the profiles are two there's a left footer to play alongside with Masuras as a first cue, a Bruma replacement. They're not the club is not going for two starting wingers, they're going for a young winger and a Bruma replacement. And what does that tell you? It says if they're going to play with two wingers, Masuras is the other key, as you kind of mentioned, Costa, starting winger. The club's, you just read the news, you you read through the goddamn lines, and you can see there's two profiles. There's the Bruma replacement, and there's the Lazar replacement, basically. Because we have like almost like the developing younger winger, and then you have the starting winger who's supposed to make the difference in the derbies. You read between the lines... And you see Masuras is the locked-in starter. No one's looking for a Masuras replacement or two wingers to come in and start. Masuras is that winger. And I just wanted to hit on on that. Another few points for me. Kosa Shimikas looked decent again today with playing no football all season. It's kind of remarkable. I wonder what he's going to do going forward. It's a conversation we may need to have uh, going forward. Who knows? But uh, I, I, I kind of agree with this comment. We need Manuelas back really bad. And Masuras going forward. Puthenada is that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to go in on that. But uh, we definitely we definitely need a Manuelas Silvas badly because we have it with Andruzos. We have it with Chimikas. And maybe Yanulis in there. And we, we run. We run for it. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but I'm going to say Socrates too, and I don't give a shit for people yeah. that are like, "Oh, Socrates <laughs> got turned by Lukaku in the Belgium game." Yeah, he got turned by Lukaku, one of the best strikers in the world. What a calamity! Defensive errors never happen in games. Be serious. Be serious. Davelas and in the national team because their agents told Epo to play them. Fuck! I'll stop. 
in the in the Belgian game just gone. It's a shame there there isn't a centre back who plays in Syria who's Greek who uh, could have played against Lukaku. You know, we um, I I can't think of any. If if anyone has a a recommendation, I'd love to hear it. No, I mean I, I think this is the this is the frustrating thing with the ethnic years. Like, there's so many elements that you're like, wow, this team could be really really good. But then there are elements that are included into the starting lineup or in the squad and. And that just it, it just stops the machine working as it should, and it's so frustrating because you see the team that played today, and you're like, there are so many. I think this is the big problem with the the the, um, the centre back pairing as well. Um, when you see those two out there, and you know that there should be other people in their place who are better, and they're not out for injuries or because they've retired and whatnot, and they probably should be there based on form and also based on their talent. It's really, really frustrating, especially uh, Bakasetas is another one, you know, he gets played over three or four other players who possibly should or definitely should play ahead of him. And it's annoying because I think Gr Greece with the right cogs in the machine could maybe even qualify for something. And Lord knows we need them to qualify for something because it's been, it, I don't want it to go to 10 years and no, no tournament for Greece because that's that's embarrassing. You're a hundred percent right, Steven. And then the comment that set that off was from uh Costa, your buddy Leonida. If you want a strong national team, the body must be made of Manola, Pujalaki, Adruzos, Masuras, Fortunis, the rest are Puthenades. Oh, and he forgot Simikas. But I, I am inclined to believe him. I there was a conversation that occurred on social media also uh with uh uh Coots. Uh, who is very active in the Greek football community, um, who, was, who, who made the statement that the team played well without Fortunis today, and maybe Fortunis doesn't have a future with the national team. What I saw today was, was great in, in the first half. I'll, I'll say it in the first half. But what I saw was it was great, but I still believe it can be better with Fortunis. Not just because when I see Bacasetas getting the ball up in the in like the, the left corner and he has two players with about 15 meters of space between them and can probably cut towards the middle, maybe take a run at goal and instead chooses to back pass. Fortunis makes that cut and goes for the goal every time. You know what I mean? Madalos cut, makes that cut as well. But Fortunis for me is a is above Madalos. I, I think I've always valued Madalos as a 10. I've said it during the season. Uh, statistically, Madalos has ha, has very high creative metrics through passing, all of that stuff. But I think that this system still would be better with Fortunis in it. Where There's was just he nobody tonight? else. Adi, I did not see him do anything tonight. I'm going to no, be he was completely... Quiet. He, he was quiet. He did nothing he tonight. Galanopoulos and Buhalakis had solid appearances, but I was just sitting there like... I literally didn't hear his name called. I didn't see one good pass. It was just like there was no one there, to be honest. It was another body. And he he he's decent, Adi. I, I agree. But I it's bullshit about Fortunis not being good enough and Fortuny shouldn't be called up to the national team. Like that is such bullshit. Like it's yeah. just a no, stupid, I stupid, like and the laziness and the more and more bullshit like it's i think everyone is tired of it to be honest with you because you play your best footballers you play your best footballers it's not you can't just go buy someone off anywhere else fortunis is the best we've got 
Statistics show it. Everything shows it. He doesn't run around. I'm sorry, he's not Brownie Day. He's not a track star. You know who else is not a t- track star? Tasos Pacasetas. He doesn't know how to freaking press the goddamn ball. Mandalos is a track star too. How much running does he do? Just, just and just get rid of it. Like it's just bullshit. And people have lazy takes because they they don't like the guy because his facial. He's not yelling. He's not singing the national anthem or he's not running around like an idiot. Wasn't Johan Cruyff who said like players who run all the time are typically out of position? I don't know. But Fortunis is a fantastic footballer. And this idea that Greece is good enough to cast him aside, Greece is we're not. We haven't made a competition in eight years. Have a break, people. You have no idea. Fortunis is needed for this national team. I mean, look, if he does get ostracized from the team, that's just good for Olympiagos. He has a bet he's a longevity for us. So out there, you know? That's a that's a silver lining. Silver lining one hundred percent. But I'm gonna echo what Femi's Gesadi said. What was this back in the fall? Play Fortunis because we don't have any better. That's what he Femis said. Femis Gesadi said I'm that right. too. And and you know, guys, I know some people call Femis Gesadi. They say he's like has a Libyakos bias. Guess Femis Gesadi is probably one of the most neutral people you can you'll find. You know what I mean? He doesn't care who you play for. He doesn't care what player does what, as long as they do well. And he says this, and I, I, he's somebody. There's we don't have a lot of journalists, uh, especially us, that we value their opinions quite highly. Uh, it's it's a handful, and he's one of them. You know, if you listen, uh, I encourage all of you. I mean, listen to his listen to the podcast he does, Zosimar. Uh, listen to his takes, just in general. He, the guy knows he's a student of the game. He knows his stuff, and he says all this. He's saying all these same things. If you're just gonna dismiss Fortunis, but then you you double down on the likes of Zavellas and Kiriakos Papadopoulos. Kiriakos Papadopoulos, who I think does have a role in this team. But if you're doubling down on those guys and saying no to Fortunis, I have nothing else to say to you. And I have to question your take on the game because I don't think you know what you're looking at. But And that's a lot of what we have. I mean, unfortunately, there's team bias here as well. You know, a lot of it is team bias because I I happen to see a lot of Balk fans who stand by Zavellas forever, no matter what he does. and. I, I don't. I I still think he's a fifth. He's fifth or sixth choice in a normal world, hundred percent. I'd have them other stuff. I leave these. <laughs> Soon, honestly, <laughs> I don't even consider that. You know, Savellas is heavily linked with Ike this summer as well. So soon to be, oh, maybe God. an Ike player will be seen more in the league, which I, I I'm not excited about. Uh, real quick, this comment: two words from Mavropanos. If he if it, he's really good, got a high level on him. I, I really do agree. The Arsenal move yeah. was such a big mistake. He could have come to Olympiacos and play for us and have been playing and showing this for so long. And just, he, he he's doing it now in the Bundesliga. And I just hope for his sake as well that he stays fit. And to Mikel Arteta, who rates Rob Holding and Callum Chambers over him, I don't know about that. I really don't know about that. I think the best thing for him is to go to a mid-table Bundesliga team. I, I think that's the best he can have. I think Stuttgart want to continue his loan to this season. Well, I, I've spoken yeah, I to Arsenal fans move. about it as well, and they asked me like, "Oh, would, would you want Mavrobanos to go to Arsenal?" I was like, 
I would because he, I watched the Premier League and it'd be cool. But yeah. for his development, it's just the Bundesliga all over, man. Like whether it's Stuttgart or another consistent Bundesliga side, that's it. that's where he should play because that's where he'll get the minutes. That's where he'll get the development, and it's shown that like this season's been fantastic in the Bundesliga. And I yeah. yeah. Look, as an Arsenal fan, I'll say this. Now, I mean, first of all, guys, Chris Wheatley did a little post about Mavropano and his 90 minutes of play. And the Arsenal fans are like, is he going to come play with us? Are we going to bring him back? What, what's going to happen? The, the Arsenal fans value him. They seem to rate him. They want him to play. Now, as an Arsenal fan, it frustrates me when I see coaches value Scrota Mustafi over guys like Socrates and Mavropano. Scroto Mustafi sucks, and I know I'm saying his name wrong. I'm not. <laughs> he's terrible. Oh, Jesus, that is brilliant. Anyway, nope. I, as an Arsenal fan, I want to see him play. But it's again, that's the question. And I don't bl- I'm not going to blame Mavropano for that. Look, if I were Mavropano, right, and I hear, oh, man, Arsenal wants me to play. Like, it's it's like Real Madrid. Yeah, it's like a killer for my youth career. Absolutely. Guys, but he was playing. You hear that. He was playing at Arsenal. The first he season a couple he games. Went, he got games. He got games yeah, and he got injured. With, oh, that's right, under Wenger. He's remembered he that game against United. He was amazing against United. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone was like, oh, Mavropanos, he had uh, whoever it was in his pocket. Lukaku. Like, oh, it was actually Lukaku, I remember. But uh, no, I agree completely. I think the biggest thing is health as well. Panos Retos, another one of those guys. He's been, un- like, both been unlucky. Both they've been, so both been completely unlucky. And this is a huge summer for both of them. I... Panos Retos is in the Oli Balkas family, so I'm going to like touch on this interview he gave to Sport24. And he needs to make the right choice this summer so bad, so bad. And if that choice is coming back to Greece to Oli Balkas, which he said was not a step back because Oli Balkas has raised its quality. If he can stay healthy and come play for us and we get an option for six, seven million euros... Let's do it. Let's do it. Gosta, your boy's on a roll here. Your boy Leonida. Do he's not compare. Co- he's my cousin. You can't, you do can't not compare me. Fortuny with anyone. Is he needs he, to get on the podcast. He, he took to- it. <laughs> he, he took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, you guys were talking about that earlier. and No, no disrespect. Like, Madalus is a decent player. Uh, probably if you look at all the 10s, for the sake of argument now, if you look at all the 10s that we have, Belgas, some people consider Bacasetas a 10. Belgas is the only one for me that I would say, not not even comes close to Fortunis, but probably out of those, like uh, Belgas, uh, Bacasetas, Madalos, if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose Belgas, who I rate out of those three. But Fortunis is just not in the same conversation. Is not you can't talk about Pelcas, Madalos, Bacasetas in the same sentence as Fortunis. Different level. End of story. Sacrilege is what it is. Is Guardiola asking about the other ones? Is he interested in any of them? I don't think so. 
I think the yeah, only what does he first, know? like maybe Funtas is a second striker, maybe because he's a different style. I honestly I don't know. Like I don't think there's really any any comparison, and it's kind of mad that uh, this is a conversation, and it kind of. I, I criticize. I've had my criticisms of Fortunis this year, but it goes almost like our our football is low, 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 low base knowledge sometimes, and we really need to raise that up before questioning Fortunis. We saw it in that stupid Slovakia Nations League game that was ridiculous. He was trying to drag the team to victory, but and against Armenia as well. When we lost three two, Fortunis yeah. carried the team. Uh... That was a that was a terrible game. I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. It's just this comment is brilliant. I gotta read it. In simple words, the national team must be played by players who have played or are playing in Olympiacos. Even the translator Marie. <laughs> Honestly, Leonie, that no needs way. to come for the next. She uh, doesn't get loaned out to the national team. Sorry, no way, no <laughs> way, no way. She gets loaned out. Sorry, but I. <laughs> In wrapping, this is this is this is it for the national team for until September. God bless our souls. We're going to have nice European football to watch on Friday. The Italians are going up with the Turks, I think, in Rome. The Euros start very soon on Antenna. If you want to listen in Greek, free channel streaming essentially as well. Uh, yeah, so that's about it for our national team since it's not going anywhere and it's not going anywhere for like eight years. Uh, any final thoughts moving moving into the summer? Olympiacos news coming soon. Next podcast we, we were on, we may be presenting a winger and we may be talking about a squad list going off to Austria or starting preseason. Well, Steven, any final thoughts? Cyprus play tomorrow, so I'm still watching that. <laughs> oh, man. We'll play Ukraine, so we'll probably play well and not score and lose 1-0. Keep an eye on Luizu. Is he in the national team? I don't think he played. I mean, I know I, I don't know. You know what? I have I, I I didn't watch the full Hungary game, but I I watched brief like I, I watched the first half and we were good, and then we conceded this sloppy goal. But um, yeah, I mean that Costanoglu uh, is playing. I think he's playing three four three with Cyprus, and it's interesting. So is he the cool. coach? Yeah, Costanoglu is the coach. <laughs> he's done all right. No, 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 no. Oh, he's done all right. Yeah, he's done all right. He's done all right. We played well again in our three. Got four points from three games in the qualifiers, so that's something. <laughs> Beat Slovenia. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's say uh, one up, one up us there. But uh, yeah, uh, and guys, also we have uh, some people have been asking if we're going to do any coverage of Euro of the Euro Cup. Um, that's something we're, we're definitely considering, especially as we, you know, we get other things to fill the content void until Olympiacos picks up again. Uh, it is definitely something we're considering. So keep an eye out, uh, maybe on an off week, if there's not much going on, it's something that we do just discussing some of the games that have gone on. Uh, definitely something we're considering, but keep an eye out. We will get, uh, all of that information out to you guys. Um, again, thank you all so much for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Uh, this is the Gate 7 International Podcast. Uh, we have some fun events coming up, more for everyone to engage with us, uh, boozing with the boys. We love doing that. That's coming up. We have that roundtable. Please like, follow, subscribe. 
our listener base continues to grow both on audio as well as now YouTube. Uh, it's great. We love it. Uh, we have a lot of fun stuff planned and the bigger we get, the more fun stuff that we can do, the, the more, uh, individuals that we can attract to the show to give you the best content. So please do that. Please share it. And we will see you next time. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Stomialo kati magiko.